0: Greetings, golf fans. Sports Guy Ty here. Winner, winner, fried perch dinner for yours truly. My first in 2023. Plenty of Max Homa talk to lead the show, but we turn our attention quickly to Pebble Beach and the final multi-course rota of the spring season. Lots of debate whether to tip stars or scrubs on the California coast, and both Shallow Cow and myself make our case for a few common plays at the top. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you very much. And welcome to the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am Preview Show. This is episode 67 of Playing the Tips podcast. One more week on the beautiful grind. I am your host, Sports Guy Ty. You can find me on Twitter at Sports Guy Ty, And I am joined this week and every week by Shallow Cal, whom you can find on the Twitters at Shallow Cal Golf. Follow us as well at Playing Tips Pod, where we tweet out the weekly cards and track our profit and loss numbers. Good evening, young fella. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I am drinking on the unofficial, official beer of Michigan. Mm, Too hard today. Yes, sir. That's right. (laughs) What is that going to be, just the official beer of Michigan? I mean, it pretty much should be, right? It's time. Um, What do you got uh, in your cup tonight there, sir? So if my... Phone clock tells me correctly. It is actually still January 30th. It's, that's, uh, that's,
1: <laughs> that's correct.
0: That
1: is correct.
0: However, on my run through dry January, I did achieve a full four-week jaunt until the 28th this past Saturday. So I'm giving myself credit for having completed the, quote, month of dry January, which means that I'm back on the sauce for tonight's podcast, the finest— Canadian hops and prairie barley. Love that blue light for me again.
1: <laughs> nice. I love me uh, live some love me some good old Canadian beer.
0: I mean, what else am I going to break dry January for? Come on.
1: Uh, I mean, maybe a nice
0: Pinot uh, Pinot Noir. I know but, you're fond of those. Well, actually, I say that. I did, <laughs> yes, yes. Last night uh, for the NFL games, I did grill a pork tenderloin, and I did bust out a Trevento Malbec to celebrate. Let's not winter. talk about the NFL games. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a huge letdown in the first game. Yeah. Uh but the reason I was drinking that Trevento Malbec is in celebration of what is my first winner winner fried perch dinner of the 2023 season. Hurts a little bit saying that though, that it's now uh, the last week in January and I'm just cracking the top on the first one.
1: <laughs> it's that's you know that's all right. Sometimes you go through through the drought, you know, you make it through the desert, and then you hit the oasis on the other side and you gorge yourself. So
0: hopefully you're on for another one this week. That's the hope. We're gonna try and keep it rolling because twenty five to one on Max Homa at the Farmers felt pretty good uh, to be the one that got me back in the saddle, mostly because. Not only is Max Homa my boy, but this is now the fourth time I've hit an outright ticket on him, uh, going all the way back to Genesis in 2021, when the three of us, uh, Mac included, were on Max Homa anywhere from, I believe it was like 60 to 70 to one. Uh, followed that up in 2021 with the Fortinet at 50 to one 2022 Wells Fargo at 40 to one. And then last week at 25 to one, I also now have tickets at 50 to one on Max Homa at Augusta, as well as the LA country club for the U S open, which I know you are also on.
1: Yeah. Um, LACC for sure on him there. I, uh, I regrettably have been on Max for two of the four that you were on. And I'm not quite sure why I wasn't on the other two. <laughs> to be 100% honest with you, I don't know why. Like, I look back at last week and I go, why in the world did I just go big, top heavy, and one long shot that you nailed it on the head on Sunday, I was going to be like, you suck. And that's what happened. And I don't know why I changed it up, because if I hadn't changed it up, um, Max Homa would have definitely been on my card. And he was in my fantasy lineup. It's like, I mean, he it was, it was so it was so obvious. And everybody was on
0: Max Homa. I feel so stupid. Everybody. That was <laughs> a community win for the ages. <laughs> sure it was. I was a little surprised myself uh, you weren't on him last week I, I, I knew which way you were going with the card and uh, and you know kind of top loading it with Rom and Xander and everything but I, I was a little surprised as well because typically Homa is a player where uh, and again going back to the right click print money days when it was the three of us with Mac. typically when one of us kind of had an inkling about Max Homa he tended to show up on cards for one if not both of the other two.
1: Yeah, uh, we're definitely a Max Homa-friendly uh, podcast here. That's for damn sure.
0: No doubt about it. All right, uh, agenda tonight. As ever, we'll run through a quick course and tournament preview at Pebble Beach for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Uh, talk stats to consider and any weather of note. And then, of course, we'll wrap with the tips. Uh, Shallow Cal, can you remind the people what we need from them?
1: Yeah, smash uh, smash that follow button
0: on uh
1: on any of the podcast pages, smash that follow button on Twitter. Uh, you know, we always love the retweets, the likes, all of that is great across uh, all platforms. Uh, if you could leave us a, a review uh, uh, for the for the podcast, that's you know also uh, a much appreciated. Get a review, we'll read it on on the next pod, and um, if you could download the episode, we love the downloads. They track the downloads mostly, um, so. If you could do that for us, that would be absolutely fantastic and appreciated. Also, let us know what you're drinking while you're listening to the podcast. You know, what's your podcast sauce for the week?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll read them out, as Shallow Cal said, have a little bit of fun with it. Uh, So engage with us, interact, let us know. All that good stuff. All right, Pebble Beach Preview. Um, We are once again on a public links course. This time we are up the California coast from Torrey Pines beautiful Carmel bay and blue you sit so pretty west of the one what do you think i hit those anthony kiedis notes i don't even know who that is but uh, (laughs) i have no fucking clue what you're talking about man (laughs) (laughs) and that is a classic chili peppers line all right pebble beach um definitely I like the chili peppers i just think you must have butchered it so
1: badly that i didn't even realize what it was yeah,
0: that's also popular uh, very possible i actually thought about finding that that line that clip and trying to play it but i'm just not that technologically advanced with the podcast software <laughs> um but we are on one of if not eh, one of the most picturesque golf courses anywhere in the world uh remind me you haven't played pebble have you
1: Oh no, uh, no! I've never played Pebble. Um, that would y- you would have known by now if I had played Pebble. <laughs> I'd probably already dropped
0: that in the pod. Well, it's prohibitive for most uh, to play Pebble. Um, these numbers are actually about a year old, so may have even increased then. But it is among the highest green fees fees anywhere, despite being a public course. Five hundred and twenty-five dollars per round plus. Ninety two bucks for a caddy with tip. That's that's some that's you better be golfing your ball that day.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um yeah
0: um pebble beach not the only course on our menu this week though this is uh again a multi-course rota three to be exact with a full 156 man field as well as a complementary 156 man amateur field kettle cal long long rounds with amateurs across three courses can we stop this nonsense (laughs) Finally, uh, the end is, is in sight. At least this yeah, is yeah. At December.
1: least in, you know. If, at least it's at the beginning of the of the season. Um, you know, we've got football and a lot of other shit to distract us. But um, this is honestly some of my least. And it, it's a shame because you know, watching any of these courses individually would be fine. I'd be totally cool with that. Um, but I just hate the fact that there's, you know, the coverage is so crappy. There's no shot link data for a lot of it. Um, it's just it's just not as fun. And um, it, there's no strokes gain data for some of the, you know, a lot of these courses. It's just not as fun. It's not um, as easy to obviously research. So it makes our jobs a little bit harder. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to see the three course rotation finally go away.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. It's definitely tough on punters, no two ways about it. We've got extra courses to handicap, to break down, as you mentioned. Um, really, really kind of makes it even more challenging the fact that we don't have strokes gained data for two of the three courses this week. So I'm certainly ready to beyond it, be beyond all of this multi-course rotations as well. Good thing this week at least, all three courses are coastal. We've got the same green types with Poa, all under 7,100 yards. Um, big, big difference in the course splits last week at Torrey between the north and the south course, different green surfaces, one much longer than the other. Um, other similarities abound, of course, but, uh, at least this week we've got common grass types on the greens. Yes, sir. Pebbles hosted seven major championships previously, six U.S. Opens and a PGA championship. The most recent of those was in 2019. The U.S. Open won by Gary Woodland. All right, we're gonna go quickly through a course breakdown of each of these three. That weird now, though. Look back on that and see that Gary Woodland won here. (laughs) God, but you (laughs) know what? So obviously, being being that it was a U.S. Open, set up differently than it's gonna play this week for sure. Yeah, 100%. As U.S. Opens are these days, very much catered to bombers, lengthened with uh with some different tee boxes, things of that nature. But yeah, it is. Particularly the way that we're about to handicap and break down Pebble Beach, it's it's very strange to think that Gary Woodland won here just four years ago. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll move through all three uh, courses pretty quickly so we can get into some tips. Uh, why don't you start us off, shallow Cal at Spyglass? Uh, Trent Jones. Trent
1: Ooh. Jones. Trent Jones. Uh, par seventy
0: two.
1: Uh, A little over 7,000 yards. Um, Fairway, rough, POA, ryegrass mix. um, The rough this week, not going to be very penal because of the pro-am. And that tends to lead to very attackable pins. So uh, you have your 5,000 square foot POA on all greens uh, here. Um, Smaller than average. uh, Not, not like super super small but definitely small um for for the tour uh like all three of the courses again um this is mostly gonna be uh is it gonna blow is that wind gonna blow what do you, what kind of defense is this course gonna have um there's water on uh, on a few holes here not too many so it's not gonna be um super tricky it is probably easier of the two than Monterey I would say um but yeah so uh
0: Spyglass Hill Spyglass Hill Uh, All right, let me run through Monterey Peninsula quickly. Um, Like Spyglass Hill, this is going to be used once during the three days. Uh, Everybody gets one turn at Spyglass, one turn at Monterey, and then one turn at Pebble over the first three days. Uh, 54 hole cut this weekend, so everybody is guaranteed three rounds. And then the top 60 in ties, um, also slightly different this week, will advance to the final round on Sunday, as well as the top 60 um, professional and amateur teams. Uh, Monterey Peninsula. uh, Architect Bob Baldock, 1960. Mike Strands gave it a facelift in 2003. You're looking at a par 71, just under 7,000 yards. Um, This is a seaside course, some gently contoured uh, layout. Wind is a main defense, as you mentioned when it gets blowing here, like any of the three courses, uh, they all three can have some teeth in that type of weather. Got a couple, uh, got a creek that runs through um, the course. Water is in play on five holes. You got bent grass and fescue for your grass types in the fairways. The greens are Poana. They're, um, large, uh, larger, I should say, compared to the other two, um, average about 6,000 square feet or so, which is a, a touch North of the average on the PGA tour. Um, a little bit faster as well, typically about 12 on the stimp, um, compared to what we'll see on the other courses, more than that, maybe 11, 12 ish range. Um, all right, let's tag team, uh, Pebble beach. You started off what you, uh, what you got at Pebble
1: uh designed in 1919 by neville and grant uh redone most notably uh 2007 palmer and connor you know it's pebble beach kind of know what we're gonna get you know it's that uh classic uh coastal course ocean course um really one of the most beautiful in the world bucket list course i've never played it um i would love to play it but uh going need uh we're gonna need to sell a lot of hamburgers for that to uh to 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 come to fruition anytime soon um but par 72 just a hair under 7,000 yards fairways um poa rough ryegrass like you were talking about it's not gonna be set up for the u.s open this week about two inches in length um and then you got those postage stamp size greens, 3,500-square-foot greens. Smallest on tour, right? I believe so. Yeah, uh, averaging smallest on tour. And I know when I play this course in X-Golf, because everybody loves to play Pebble Beach in X-Golf, man, it's hard hitting some of them greens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really are um... – This is this is it this week. You you've you've thrown out the term postage stamp sized greens for a few courses. This is dyed in the wool uh, this week. These are tough to hit at Pebble Beach. So if you aren't hitting greens in regulation, you better you better be a wizard around the greens. And we'll talk a bit more about that um, shortly. But not a whole lot uh, to add on on my end. You covered it pretty well. Um, Greens are going to be a little bit slower typically on Pebble um, than they are on the other two courses. Only running about. 10 and a half maybe up to 11 um, on the stimp Um, and yeah seaside links got a bunch of bunkers got uh, nine holes that are by the water so certainly um, can be among the toughest courses on tour when the elements come into play particularly that wind Um, but when it lays down and it's calm certainly a scorable course as each of the three are this week All right, let's talk uh, some stats to consider. We'll uh, actually, let me back up one half step Uh, before we go there. Let me just read the list of recent winners. Um, And it has been a mixed bag uh, a little bit here lately. Um, Your last six, you got three winners, 30 to one or shorter um, three winners, a hundred to one or longer. And I'd say your last six, your last seven, you got three 30 to one, 300 to one. And then Tom Hoagie kind of the outlier in that more middle ish range um, opened at 66 to one last year and got bet down closer to 50s and uh, potentially even some high 40s but tom hoagie 2022 19 under daniel berger and 21 at 18 under nick taylor at minus 19 phil mickelson also minus 19 ted potter jr minus 17 in 2018 jordan spieth in 2017 at 19 under and vaughn taylor in 2016 at minus 17 all right shallow cal uh now tell us your stats to consider for the week uh
1: strokes gained um putting poa again uh this week everything is poa right you know uh poa greens all around so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be key again um your guys like your maverick mcneelys your max homas you know obviously max isn't playing this week but you know like last week guys that have grown up in this area tend to know how to do it and do it better uh, than anybody. I wanna go with a uh, strokes gained approach here. You have smaller greens and uh, really don't think the first few days that the pins are gonna be t- too tight. So if you can uh, if you can be good with your approach, you're gonna be able to make some birdies and, and, and roll some of these shorter putts in hopefully. Um, and then lastly, I will go with strokes gained short game. Pebble. These small greens, everybody's gonna miss. How do you handle your miss? You know, are you compounding your mistake again, or are you up and down for for par? Um, it really, really makes big difference, I guess, if you're uh, keeping steady or losing strokes. So that's uh, that's my last one. Uh, real quick before I throw it back to you.
0: Yeah. And I'm pretty similar in what I'm looking at. Uh, but I will start first by saying experience around Pebble. Pebble is the biggest key for me this week. Strokes gained experience. Um, pick your poison, how you want to go with this event. As I read off just before your stats to consider, um, it's kind of been feast or famine, you know, hit the top of the board and go for the shorter guys who have had plenty of success here or throw a couple darts and see if you can hit the triple digits long shot, but whichever way you go, um, have to have shown a little something around pebble previously. Every winner since 2006 here had been T 21 or better previously. Um, So not just having been through the rotation a couple times, but having performed right around kind of that top 20 number has has seemed to be a pretty strong trend uh, to the winner's circle. Uh, But I'm with you with uh, strokes gained approach, uh, classic second shot golf course, the tiny greens Uh, within that proximity, 100 to 125 yards, more approach shots hit in this range at Pebble than any other course on tour. Um, greens and regulation as well goes hand in hand with strokes gained approach, obviously, but with those postage stamp sized greens at pebbles, uh, at pebble, you want guys who are just G I R machines, um, or, or guys that are wizards around the green, as you mentioned with strokes gained at short game.
1: Remember that time at
0: Congaree when Garrett
1: Higgo led the field in greens and regulation and won.
0: <sighs> is he going to do it again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is it's ever the ocean weed. It's in more green. <laughs> and greens yeah. and regulation again. <laughs> he has to take a tee shot before
1: an approach shot, so I think my odds are pretty good there. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm on POA putters as well um, this is another tournament even more so on a week-to-week basis that requires a hot flat stick and predicting that obviously next to impossible just because of the nature of how putting stats go so I'm looking historically at guys who put well on POA um, to give me the best chance to compete there. Love it. You look at anything in the West Week? At weather? uh comp courses you look at any uh, anything the way of comp courses
1: um you know i honestly like you said man stroke's gained experience at pebble beach dude um it's uh i looked back a lot through the leaderboards um of previous years and scores at individual courses and it's actually why i landed on one of my picks this week actually
0: okay right. yeah let me throw a few out there that i looked at uh Town, um another coastal course also with very small greens um truly a second shot golf course that really demands that precision so i like guys that have gone well at harbortown uh if we're looking Spieth. Across, yeah Spieth, absolutely maverick mcneely hey hey uh, if we're looking across the pond, I'll throw Valderrama in the mix, former European and DP World Tour course that's since been bought up by Lib. So unfortunately, we're not going to see that in the rotation anymore. Um, but it is a short technical track, uh, similar to here and a lot of crossover with guys who have gone well in both places. Matt Fitzpatrick is a former winner at Valderrama, um, went sixth last year at Pebble, uh, last year here at Pebble. So a lot to say there. Um, others that I won't necessarily... <laughs> Others that I won't necessarily say are comp courses, but that um, I'm looking to for certain similarities. Uh, RSM Classic, again, a short coastal multi-course rota. El Camaleon, uh, Mayacoba, again, shorter coastal course. TPC River Highlands for the travelers, a shorter technical course, uh, also with POA greens, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, from, uh, from the northeast there. So that's kind of my handful. Um, how about weather? You take any look at uh, at weather stations this week? Uh, no, I figured that
1: uh, it was just going to be your 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 classic. You know, every time I look at the weather, I fuck myself over and I bet Russell <laughs> Knox. And it never, it never works. And you looked at the weather and that's why you probably bet Russell Knox. It's not going to fucking work, man. Just to cash out now.
0: <laughs> it never works. Betting on Russell Knox. That <laughs> <it> fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Um all right well if you are interested in checking out uh, the windfinder forecast Pebble Beach Lone Cypress uh, is where you can find that um very cool again this week similar to what we saw last uh, last Sunday at Tory as the weather was kind of changing um daytime highs are only going to reach the mid 50s all 4 days little bit of wind gusting on Thursday and Sunday. Those are really the two days to uh, to keep an eye on. Um, pretty calm in between with plenty of sunshine Friday and Saturday. We do have the ever-present possibility of a marine layer.
1: Yeah, so we can delay coverage. I like that. <laughs> delay coverage as late as possible, and let's get some primetime golf, baby.
0: You know, it wouldn't surprise me at all. It's it's been the it's been kind of the history here.
1: Except except then the problem is is that they uh, they stop showing it at some point and just go to golf central coverage and don't show the actual coverage. It's like what what are you guys doing?
0: Yeah, listen, people complain about the marine layer a lot. Number one because of how many times it's typically referenced at Pebble in a television broadcast, um, but also for what you're just mentioning there, it does it can lead to delays Um, when when it's not bad enough to put us into a delay it's actually it makes for pretty good scoring conditions Um, it keeps the wind down with that marine layer what it is essentially is a low-lying cloud mass uh, commonly forms in pacific coastal environments and then what it does is it traps that cool air in keeping the warm air out so in other words fog <laughs> but again uh keeps that wind down and so if you can play through it it's actually pretty decent conditions for scoring if we see any of it this weekend
1: yeah it makes for uh for some nice soft landing spaces too
0: yeah no doubt uh all right you ready to make some picks yeah i already made them but uh i'll let you know what they are <laughs> all right perfect <laughs> uh well we both made a couple uh, similar picks at the top. So why don't we start there? Uh, we are both on a local product, 20 to one. Why Maverick McNeely for you this week? He said his dad would give me a billion
1: dollars if I bet him and shouted him out on the podcast. You definitely got a billion to spare. I know. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the Cali kid um, grew up on the course. Um, Literally grew lit- up. Literally. A billion dollar mansion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's the epitome of the model this week. Right. Um, you know, poet putter approach guy uh, doesn't, you know, doesn't have to be super, super long off the tee, but he's got some good off the tee game. Um, he's good short game. He's going to know he's, he's just, he's, he's going to know this course. And I know last year wasn't what we had hoped from him um, because I know we were probably both on him last year as well. I know mm-hmm. I was, um, but it's going to happen. It, you know, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to perform well at Pebble at some point, And I'm not going to be the dummy who didn't bet Maverick McNeely. Like I was the dummy who didn't bet Max Homa last week. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's some of that at play for me as well. A little bit of FOMO on Maverick McNeely. I do bet him a lot. Um, Certainly have been on him at Pebble the last couple years. I'm going to say he's more the narrative maniac than he is the model maniac this week. Uh, The Irons have actually been shit of late, (laughs) which is concerning. Um, Putter has been money. He's number one in this field. Uh, Last 24 rounds, strokes gained putting, and Poa is his best surface. He's a full two-tenths of a stroke better than on bent grass. Um, but those those irons have been misfiring. That's my one hold up in reservation on Maverick McNeely this week, other than the gross number at twenty to one. Uh, I did have to hold my nose when I placed that bet. But like you said, breakthrough win is coming at some point. The kid is too talented not to. And if we are to believe the narrative, you know, as you mentioned, literally grew up at Pebble. His dad Scott founded Sun Microsystems, uh, which was acquired by Oracle for a cool. $7.4 billion in 2010. Um, number one ranked amateur previously, and he almost quit golf for a career in business, and tough to blame him. Uh, got a management sciences and engineering degree from Stanford.
1: I was going to say, didn't he go to sta- fucking Stanford's
0: business? Mm, or something? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if this golf thing doesn't work out and he doesn't ever get that first breakthrough win with me uh, backing it, then he's he's got a nice fallback option. I would say that he has a nice fallback option
1: no matter what. And I would say that that fallback option might be in the form of a trust
0: fund. Yeah, he's going (laughs) to be just fine. (laughs) Uh, So last season he was 33rd at Pebble. Um, He gained strokes in tee to green, off the tee, approach, and around the green. Only major stat he lost strokes in last year at Pebble was putting, which is just strange. Yeah, here on Poa, right? I
1: I, no, that's like, uh, that's why I think uh, last year was just an anomaly.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's gained strokes putting in every other round he's ever played at Pebble and every other tournament. Um, so if he if he can keep that hot flat stick, you know, of late, and then and then that Pebble on that Poa form, you know, it may be enough to overcome that questionable iron play. Yeah. Uh, all right, we both took a little bit of a ride further down the odds board uh, for the next selection, but we're common again. So you start us off on Joel Damon, forty to one. Um,
1: I, you know, I just like the number, honestly. Um, and this feels like a course that he will win at. It feels like a a. a Damon track, um, the fact that you were also on him and that kind of steered me to, to looking at, at, at his numbers in his way. And 40 to one was just, was just kind of a nice little spot and the bucket hat. Let's do it, man.
0: <laughs> Very talky play this week. Um, yeah particularly at that 40 to one number that always worries me a little bit. But as we talked about at the top of the show, um, Max Homa last week was the most tipped outright winner in our good friend, golf tip checkers, golf tips, checkers history on Twitter. Um, So we do get community wins from time to time and certainly feels early. uh, I should say later on a Monday that um, that's the direction we're heading. Should Joel Damon win this week? Um, big concern for me is we haven't seen him this calendar year. He was withdraw at Sony. Um, does have a little bit of history at Pebble. He's five for five making the cut here. He's got that all important sixth place finish last year. Um, yep, pretty good on comp courses. Three cuts at Harbour Town, finished 12th and 16th. Uh, he's been third and sixth at Mayakoba, and then he was fifth at the RSM Classic this fall. Um, on a little bit of a heater, uh, particularly uh, the back half of the fall season. Um, made five of six cuts, only miss was the first event at the Fortinet. His last three to close November, he went T3, T9, and T5 at that multi course Rota RSM Classic. So definitely needs to be better than what we've seen with the wedges and find something, anything with the putter. Uh, His worst surface by far is Poa, losing a half stroke for his career on Poa greens. But again, so week to week, uh, everything else lines up pretty well. If he can find even a semblance of a putter, I like his chances here. Um, All right. And and
1: I have yet to win a bet on him. And I think you have two
0: outrights. Um, I definitely have one. Does Joel Damon have two wins? Didn't you, you were on him in Puerto Rico? I was on him in Puerto Rico. Does he, does he have another win? I feel like, does he? I mean, he's gone well at multiple tournaments, but I believe that's still his lone win. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um. That man,
1: I just want him to have so many wins and he doesn't...
0: Yeah, such a likable guy. He's won a couple times in Canada, but yeah, Corrales is uh, his only victory on the PGA Interesting. Tour. Interesting. Okay. He must.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get number two here, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let me do this. Uh, we let's see. We got a little bit of a gap here. No, I say that you you stick I in the 40, 50, at, 60s. I tree at forty. All right, hit D-tree, then I'm going to take us into my two long-shot picks, and then we'll circle back around, come up the ladder, 50s, 60s, 80s.
1: Yeah, um, you know, D-tree can putt. Um, I've, he's been a um, really nice, nice player uh, coming up. I, does he have his tour card now? Is he a full exemption?
0: He is.
1: Okay, so I'm glad to see that he's um going to be playing more on tour because I think like uh my next guy uh you know I think Dietrich's got a shot to backdoor this uh this this Ryder Cup. Um he's not the youngest of guys at 30 years old, but he's he's a he's a sneaky good player and um I would I would put him in, in the category of my Euro Tour crushes that um, that I love to bet on when I see them in
0: PGA Tour events. Mm-hmm. Yep, you've been a favorite so, of mine as well from across the pond. So I really can't help myself this week, especially in this
1: field. Um, let me get some DTree coastal uh, courses, as you know. Fairly common in uh, the DP World Tour, so let's go with uh, let's go with Dietrich at forty to one.
0: Interesting good that there's good putter. Good putter. Um, interesting that there's still a pretty decent Delta on his numbers right now. Um, here we are recording it just after nine o'clock on the East coast. Um, Monday there is a 33 to one out there on D and all the way up to a 50 to one still hanging out there. So interesting that those numbers haven't, uh, haven't come closer together across the books. Yeah. Um, all right. So like I said, uh, because a lot of the recent history of this course is, um, Feast or Famine with the guys at the top or the very back. Let me actually jump to the back of the line with my two long shot plays. Then we'll come back around and hit the rest of the mid tiers in the 50s, 60s. And I got a couple plays in the 80s. Um, So let me start first with uh, a half point each way on Harry Higgs, 150 to 1. Big, beautiful. I will admit (laughs) this is... This is as much of a hunchy play as anything has been in the calendar year 2023 for me. Um, but there's something about Harry Higgs that just strikes me as the type and really one of the few that enjoys a pro-am and kind of gets on with his compatriots out there. <laughs> um, yeah. This setup, right? Long rounds, a lot of nonsense, Bill Murray being Bill Murray. It sort of just feels like Harry Higgs vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Is um, it's, it's, is he actually playing with Bill Murray? No, I don't think so. Oh God. <laughs> Him and Bill Murray
1: were on the course together. I mean, we're on 59 watch right now, baby.
0: No, oh, man, that would be a duo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he has found a little something of late as well after really, you know, kind of being lost in the desert with me for much of the back half of 2022. Um, three straight missed cuts to start the fall season, but he did wrap the T32 at Mayakoba and a T21 at RSM. Uh, so trended in the right direction. He got on nice at the Amex two weeks ago with a T18, uh, flashing a little bit there again, another pro-am, um, with the, uh, with the multi-course rotation. Most importantly, he's got that critical T21 or better finish at Pebble Beach when he was T18 in 2020. So I love that. Uh, gonna need a hot putter to contend in 2020. When he had that T18 finish, he gained more than seven strokes total, and 4.2 of that was with the putter. Um, but does show you that he's got a path um, if he can if he can catch that hot flat stick this week. Uh, all right, one more uber long shot for me. I'm going uh, uh, a half point each way on Sung Yul. No, 175 to one. Um. Of late, he's he's a little bit of a model maniac like another player I'm going to talk about here shortly in the 80s. Uh, last 24 rounds in this field, he's first in par four scoring 350 to 400 yards. He's second in proximity from 100 to 125, sixth in strokes gained putting, and 15th in proximity 200-plus yards. So he's getting it done from distance. He's getting it done from up close with the wedges, and he's putting like a banshee. That all spells... A player who can contend at pebble to me. Um, Made four of six cuts this fall and early spring. Um, And of course, as mentioned with Harry Higgs as well, the all important T21, he was actually eighth here in 2017. Um, You know, shallow Cal and I love me some win equity, Um, particularly when we're trying to differentiate these long shot trash picks. So um, the Korean-born SYNO has it, 31 years old, already won the PGA Tour uh, 2014 Zurich Classic of New Orleans before it was a team event. He's got one European tour win at the Malaysian Open, two Asian tour wins, and he was both the Korean amateur and junior amateur champion. So we got a little bit of value on a guy in the 175s with five professional wins worldwide, including a PGA Tour win. Worth the punt this week for me. He is my true long shot play. All right, Shiloh Cal, back uh, to you for the 50s and another player that's now playing full-time on the PGA Tour but that we're very familiar with from the old uh, European Tour days.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I've uh, I've hit him on both of his uh European tour wins, and I'm pretty sure you had him in at least one of them.
0: I had him at Tenerife. I yeah, was on. Yeah,
1: what he was like eighteen to one at
0: Tenerife or something like that. mm mm-hmm. uh, That was that stretch there when we hit uh we hit Higo right uh in the Canary twice. Islands. Yeah, twice. <laughs> <laughs> and got burminster at a at a short number two.
1: Yeah, that was uh that was a nice and I got a, a Richard Bland first round leader ticket oh, for like about
0: that. some shit like that. And I was <laughs> Andy. Like, oh my god. god. Andy was, was, was tweeting was so at cool. you and everything. That was some heady times. It was a Euro Tour heater for the for the record books right there. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Um
1: I thought I was looking in the mirror at Bradley Todd for a second. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A guy, Bradley Todd, the goat.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I got, I got, I got Burmie fifty-five to one. Um, again, I like that number. This dude can win, man. He, he he can win. He's won on multiple tours a lot of times. Uh, let's get a win on the PGA tour for Burmie. Um, good off the tee. He can really set himself up. Uh, for this course and he's not the best putter in the world but man can he roll it in when he gets hot and if he gets hot it's like that little euro tour streak that he had so um let's go with burmy 55 to 1
0: I actually like him more this week than last week when I bet him. Now, the numbers were considerably different. I had him at literally three times the odds last week at 150 yeah. to 1. And so at that point, you know, again, I'm looking for some value. But I do like the setup of Pebble more for him, particularly if it lays down a little bit and those wins don't materialize to kind of bookend the tournament. Uh, I think yeah. he's a player who can go low at a course like Pebble. I really do.
1: I mean, we've seen him do it before. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen him do it before. and I mean, I, He was what, 23 I, I, under I, when he won Tenerife, if I'm yeah. remembering
0: correctly? Yeah.
1: I said this to you last week, man. He's one of those guys that um, if you get a tournament where it's going to be around 17, 18, 19, 20 under par, he can get there. You know, <laughs> he's one of those guys that can get there. And this is that week. So uh, I think, what, the last five years it's either been 18, 17, 18, 19 under par. Yeah, that's right around the number you got to get to. Not mistaken. So, uh, you know, Burmy can get there. Let's see if he can get there this week.
0: Yeah. All right. Let me, I've got two 80 to one picks. Let me jump in and, and do one of them. And then we'll come back to you for the sixties. Um, I'll go with Davis Riley first. One point each way at 80 to one. Um, Eighth at the 2018 U.S. Amateur at Pebble Beach, not played over all three courses, so certainly do have to take that in consideration. Not a true uh, trend fit with a T21 previously at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, but he does have experience at Pebble. He's played very well here um, in that amateur one by Victor Hovland. Um, irons dialed in, uh, kind of been his hallmark, his calling card, if you will, since he's broken onto the PGA tour 24th in strokes gained approach this season also hits a ton of greens, which will serve him well here at pebble. Um, last week at farmers, uh, snapped a streak of seven straight made cuts for him. He was fine on Wednesday, uh, went three under on the north course, just collapsed on the south course in the wind with a 78. um, But I'm not so worried about it. Again, had the tougher of the two courses and the more difficult day. Um, We can excuse that as kind of an outlier. Short game uh, continues to hold him back in his young career, but he's actually gained strokes around the greens in both starts at the Pro-Am here at Pebble Beach and gained strokes putting in one of those two rounds. So there are signs um, we haven't seen a whole lot of form from him throughout the fall and early spring. He's definitely cooled some since being kind of the darling of, uh, of betting and betting cards and fantasy um, daily fantasy lineups last summer. But this is kind of a perfect place in my mind, a weird tournament to buck those trends and, and maybe break through and get that first one. So I don't love it. I wish I wish numbers were a bit longer on Davis Riley, but uh, I will take a chance at 80 to one. All right, uh, close out your card for us, Shallow Cal, in the 60s.
1: Uh, I hinted at this earlier. Um, I kind of looked back at this tournament and some of the rounds, and I happened to come across Mr. Scott Stallings. And I know he's not uh, a darling um, by any means of analytics here, Um, but last year he went 67-68 to start on Monterey and Pebble, and then he had kind of a big blow-up on Spyglass, went 77-5 over, dropped to 3-under par on the tournament, and missed the cut, but man, oh man, if that 67-68 doesn't tell you something um then I don't know what does because Stallings has changed himself over the last, you know, couple years as a golfer and that was the beginning of last year and the way that he came on and played towards the end of the year and uh particularly in the last few events got me really thinking about that and that's 66 to 1 and that potential for going low on this course if he doesn't have that blow up day he's right in there on sunday so scott stallings 66 to 1 i like the number for this week and that's what i'm going with
0: yeah, we've seen some good G out of Scott Stallings the last eighteen months or so, kind of a career renaissance, rebirth uh, later I mean, look on. Look at if the well. dude, man! He's fucking jacked, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I,
1: I, I, there is, there's definitely a lot to say about fitness and golf, right? I mean, of course, uh, you know, you get guys like John Daly and, 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 and whatever, but, uh you know tiger always the epitome of of physical condition um even phil man phil like look at phil's fucking calves and legs dude dude's ripped yeah so you know stallings it's 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 only a matter of time and uh i think he's going to going to break out this year actually. And uh, I think he, he has a couple wins in,
0: in the future. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see it happen. All right. I will close this out then with one final play in the eighties. I've already trashed him before I even get to breaking down why I tipped him this week, (laughs) but I am going uh, once again, back to the Well, russell knox uh one point each way at 80 to one this just personally has a lot of vibes has the same kind of feel as when i missed um luke list at tory two years ago and i just i just can't live with myself if i bet russell knox hundreds of times in the 80s never to have any returns and then to miss him at that golden number at pebble Um, He does have some—he's a model maniac, as as you alluded to. He always pops in the stats, mostly because of that strong iron play. Um, But he's got some good pebble experience. A couple top 15s here. He was 7th in 2021, uh, made 6 out of 9 cuts. Real good uh, history on some comp courses. Um, Not necessarily going to call the Honda Classic a comp course, but a similarly short, technical, difficult course, I'll say. Um, And he went 2nd and 3rd there in back-to-back years, 2014-15. Got a couple top tens at Harbortown, including a second in 2016. Uh, also does have four straight missed cuts there since, but <laughs> um, and then of course uh, he was a winner at the Travelers at TPC River Highlands. Um, again, a short technical track, and as I mentioned earlier, I believe I believe that's Poa greens um, in the Northeast there in Connecticut, so that would make sense uh, where he does. Yes, at East Coast Poa. At East Coast Poa. Um, always great with the irons. Six on approach this season. Um, his game truly sets up uh, pretty similar to defending champ Tom Hoagie. It's predicated on finding fairways off the tee and then just dialing in those irons. Putting always a problem anywhere on any surface for Ruts Knox, um, but he's been okay at Pebble. Uh, he's been okay here. Um, Only one missed cut this season uh, at the Shriners, and it was after rounds of 69-70, so not too worried there. And then, of course, uh, as you again alluded to at the uh, offset, if we do see any wind uh, this weekend in the Scotsman, Russell Knox, pretty damn good wind player. All right, Shadow Cal, any final thoughts? No,
1: just excited to see Pebble. Um, Maybe Jordan Spieth will fall off a cliff this year, maybe not. Came um, damn close last year. No
0: Kevin Kisner talk. I'm a little disappointed about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I hadn't already backed two golfers at 80 to one, I would have backed Kevin Kisner at 80 to one. I sat there and thought and thought and thought on that one. <laughs> this ain't a hobby, Ty. This ain't no hobby.
1: Man, uh, I'm a little disappointed, honestly, because I am a big. Kevin Kisner fan. I think he's fantastic for the game. But uh, if you had to to pick a one-and-done, and one player, who are you picking?
0: Well, I was going to say Jason Day, and then I realized he's not in the field. (laughs) Um, honestly, if I'm going with, if I've got a one and done selection to make, I'm probably going back to the well with Tom Hoagie. Um, I do like him again this week to contend. It was just a question for me of whether I was going to spend that 20 to one on Mav or Tom Hoagie after hitting Hoagie 66 to one here. Um, but I do think he's a very, very strong play again at the top of the odds boards. If I'm looking for safety. And a player that I don't have a ton of other courses that I'm gonna be considering playing him at the rest of the season with what's gonna be available to me. I like Hoagie. I like Hoagie this week. What about you? I,
1: I, I like that. Um, I don't know because I just I, I don't really like. Um, I don't really like any of the guys at the top of the odds boards for betting, but, uh, I mean, this makes sense for the speed or the Fitzpatrick play, I guess. So, um, I mean, Fitzpatrick's probably the best player in the field. Um, next I would say Victor Hovlin and then Speeth. Mm-hmm. That would be probably be my power rankings of the, the top three. If you played this tournament a hundred times, you know, those would probably be the guys that would win it the most. But, uh, they're not, they're not eleven or ten to one sure things. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But yep. They they, sure. they they maybe win it like four times out of a five times out of hundred, and the rest of the times it's like you know, a bunch of different motherfuckers.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I would not bet on them yeah i i know that hovland's got the uh, the track record here um winning the u.s amateur and then actually following it up with a really nice um really nice performance at the u.s open later that summer um or yeah, yeah i think it was later that summer um but I, i'm with you i mean at 10 to 1 like if if we play this tournament 10 times with this field is victor hovland gonna win it at once i don't know that that number is too rich for my blood yeah. Um, could much more so get behind Spieth or or Fitz at that number. Well,
1: I mean, Spieth has the history, and and Fitz is just probably playing better than anybody right
0: now. So, yeah. In the cash last year, sixth at uh, Pebble last year. Yep, yep, for sure. All right, a reminder, you can see all of our picks for the Pebble Beach, for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am by following at Pod on Twitter. That's going to do it for this week's Hello, Cal. Best of luck, my friend. May you as well. Let's get it.